We're starting a series, and we're going to be using this book here. Welcome. We're working uh, using this book as uh, our outline. It's called True Community. It was written several years ago by a guy named Jeffrey uh, Jerry Bridges, and this is the third edition to where the first one was called True Community, then he brought it out by another name called Crisis in something, and Crisis in the Church, and now it's come back out as uh, True Community. And so some of us have it in the version like that, uh, others have it in the, can have it in the new version, the ones that I have. So, so after the service, you're very welcome to, if you'd like to participate and be a part of our fellowship as going through this study. Uh, there's one copy per family available for this. And so this will be the basis of the Bible studies. So when you come to the Bible study on Tuesday night, this will be the uh, book that we'll be using along with that. And just so you know, I'm, I'm actually uh, going to be delivering the first chapter today as a sermon. And I'll be straightforward. I just read it from the book and I'm going to give it to you from the book. <laughs> which is based upon God's Word. And so we're going to be looking at this today. And so we'll go right here. Even though that picture is nice, this is the book now. <laughs> but everyone, each family or each person is uh, welcome to take one of these books uh, if you're staying in Denmark. Okay, so, so koinonia. Now, why are we, uh, koinonia is the name of our fellowship. It happens to be the Greek word that is translated fellowship. Or there's actually three or four words that they are used when they translate this. So that's why we're looking at true community. And we see it, this first chapter is called sharing a common life. We have this verse in 1 John 1, 3. It says this. What we have seen and heard, we declare to you, so that you and we together may share a common life. That life which we share with the Father and with His Son, Christ Jesus. Sharing a common life. What is biblical community? When the Bible speaks about sharing a common life, having a fellowship together, what does it mean? And so we're going to look at this, we're going to see four aspects of what sharing the common life means in the New Testament understanding. I always push the wrong button. Koinonia. Again, the Greek word. It basically has several meanings that we have in the English. If you have your uh, own native language that you have a Bible in, when you come to this verse or this word, it's translated in several different ways. Participation, partnership, sharing, and fellowship. 
embody what this word koinonia means. And so in the context of each sentence that the writer is writing and trying to get the flow and the understanding of what's being said, these are some of the words that will be used by looking at koinonia. The very first time we see in the New Testament that the word koinonia is used is the verse that we've chosen to be one of our main verses for, for our fellowship, and it's this. They were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So when we say that koinonia is the name of this fellowship, we would like to have those four aspects in our fellowship be a, 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 a trait that you can see. So we have the apostles' teaching, which is we're taking God's word and using that as the reference point that we're going to have in our, in our instruction. We have fellowship, meaning we're gathering together, we're interacting with one another. We have breaking of bread, which is both communion, what we just had here, where we're remembering the Lord's death until he comes, but also we have dinner together afterwards, and then prayer. So hopefully these four things will be a part of what we experience in our fellowship every Sunday at 4 o'clock. But it's not just that. It's not just on Sundays. It's supposed to be something that's incorporated in all our life 24-7. This verse in John 1-3, 1 John 1-3, What we have seen, what we heard, we declare to you so that we together may share a common life. That which that life which we share with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So we have a common life. And what is that life? <coughs> we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. So we're not just coming together as a club, because we all like uh, Middle Eastern food or something. I have no idea. But we come together because we have met personally Jesus Christ. And He's placed us into his body. So we have something common. The commonness is not that I come from America or you come from Denmark or you come from uh, Romania or De whatever. The commonness that we have in this room, in this fellowship, is that we've all come to meet Jesus Christ. And so he's placed us into this body. Now, many times you can choose your friends but normally, you can't choose your family. And so, all of us, if we put our faith and trust in Christ, no matter who we are, where we come from, we're now in God's family. So that causes challenges. And God has given us, through His Word, instructions. And the power, through the Holy Spirit, to be able to function as a family. Is it always easy? No. But is it possible? Yes. Not because of who we are, but because of who Christ is. It is relationship and not an activity. Fellowship. We think of fellowship in America in many contexts. Oh, we're going to have fellowship together. Let's have a cup of coffee, tea, let's chat. Let's have a hookah time in Denmark. That would be, maybe some people think that is what 
fellowship is. No, it's not about a time or an event. It's about a relationship. Our relationship with the Lord Jesus and our relationship with one another. So let's look at relationship to start with. In Peter, he gives an illustration. You also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, Peter is using an interesting example of a house being built with stones. But what kind of stones are there? Are they? They're living stones that are being placed together. So we individually, we come to Christ individually, but we're placed into something corporate, something that's bigger than ourselves. So it's not that we, we, we come as an individual, but we're no longer to remain a selfish individual. We're, we're placed in a building, in a body, something living, interactive, organic. Koinonia, then, is basically a community relationship. So we're not to be individuals, an island to ourselves. We're not supposed to be Christians that think, I'm autonomous, I don't need anyone else. One phrase I like is that we are personally Christians, we're not private Christians. You have a personal faith. It's not private. Personal means it's something that you've encountered individually. It's real. Private is, I don't share that with anyone else. But it's personal. I'm, it's open. Mm-hmm. So some people think that they can be a Christian apart from the church. Well, you might be able to be a Christian, but you can't function as a Christian by yourself. We're meant to be a part of the body. Biblical community is, first of all, sharing a common life in Christ. So what do we have in common? We have all met Jesus Christ. We've all been filled with His Holy Spirit. We've all been born anew. So if someone is going to be a part of the community of faith, we have to share the same faith. And that comes an individual decision. Your parent can't do it for you. Your country can't do it for you. Your tradition can't do it for you. You have to meet Christ personally. And so, biblical community is, first of all, sharing a common life in Christ. It's also a partnership. The word koinonia can be used as being in a partnership. And we can see this in a few ways in the New Testament. When we look at James and John and the sons of Zebedee, they were partners with Simon. What were they? They were partners as fishermen. When Jesus met them and called them to be disciples, they were in a partnership. And so we can see this is a partnership. 
talks about. Then if you look at Paul when he's talking to Philemon and about his ministry of how he's sending back a slave, he says, then if you regard me as a partner, accept him as you would me. So he's appealing to a brother in Christ as partners in this relationship of being followers of Christ. Another situation where we have James and Cephas and John who were reputed to be pillars gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. In the New English Bible it talks about how they accepted Barnabas and Paul as partners in the faith. And so koinonia has a couple aspects. First we have a relationship and we also have a partnership. Relationship describes <coughs> believers as a community. We relate to one another, we're, we're relating to them. Partnership describes them as a community in action. So there's a purpose of it being a community. But first and foremost, we first have to have this relationship with Christ and with one another and then we're in a partnership to do a task, to be in action. So, when we look at sharing a common life, we can see here we're sharing something together with one another. We're sharing a relationship and we're, we're sharing a partnership. There's another aspect to the word koinonia, to fellowship. That is sharing with. We share with through communion and material possessions. We'll look at this in a, these two things in just the next few moments. Communion with others. That word communion, we usually relate to what we just did a few moments ago where we shared the bread and the cup. Because we're communing with one another, we're testifying the Lord's death until he comes. And that we have, at this point in time, on this day, September 8, 2019, that at that moment, my relationship is right with my father and my relationship is right with my brothers and sisters. And so we're coming to the table in humility, thanking God for what he's done. And so we're remembering what Christ did on the cross and he rose from the dead. He's given us the power to live this new life in fellowship. And so we're sharing that experience together as a body. But it's more than just that. Jay Packer says this. It is first a sharing with our fellow believers the things that God has made known to us about himself in the hope that we may thus help them know him better and to enrich their fellowship with him. So one thing is we're having communion together. We're having an experience of where we're remembering the Lord's death and burial and resurrection. But what else does communion mean? It means sharing your life experiences with each other of how what the Lord has taught you in the Word. How you've experienced God's answer to a prayer in your life. 
in a struggle, encouraging words from your experience to a brother or sister, and vice versa, where they share their experiences and encourage you. So communion is having this conversation so when you go to a coffee table, you're not sitting around talking about sports, what you studied in school, how the day went. Those can be some of the things, but also you should be encouraging each other in how God is, how you're experiencing God in your daily life. The struggles you may have, the prayer requests you may have, the victories you have. You have that interaction. You're communing with one another, sharing life as walking with Christ. In Acts chapter 2, in the New English Bible, they met constantly to hear their teachers, the apostles' teaching, and to share the common life. In the New International Version, it says, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. So you can see, sort of they're saying, in a way, they couldn't stop getting together and sharing what God is doing in their lives. And so that's what should be a part of our fellowship. One of the aspects of being a community of faith is that we share faith. We share what God's doing in our lives. Sharing material possessions. This is a, I think, just a very uh, stimulating <laughs> topic because everyone will have a viewpoint on this, and especially in our political arena. Capitalism versus communism, all different kinds of ethics, haves and have-nots, how we're supposed to deal with that. We don't think of this as a political statement. Think of this as a personal mandate that we're given of how we're to act with our resources as the body of Christ, as you as an individual, as we as a core body, what is my responsibility? And all those who had believed were together, and they had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions, and they were sharing them with all, as anyone might have need. This is the experience of the first Christians in Acts, when they were in Jerusalem. And they all, these 3,000 Jews all suddenly became believers in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the, fulfilled, the fulfillment of the prophecy, the Messiah is here. And they're excited because now the kingdom's coming and they're going to be ready for God to come back and set up his throne. And so, well, let's share everything together because we're excited about that. Well, a few years later, they realized, well, that imminent return doesn't mean exactly the same thing that they thought. But they were sharing. They had this desire to help those who had need, to help them. In Romans, a few years later, how does Paul instruct the believers? Contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. We're encouraged to do that. If you have the resources, help brothers and sisters in need. In Hebrews, and do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. So do we have that mentality? Is that part of our way of thinking of our, with our things? 
are we willing to share with our brothers and sisters that are in need? Both a relationship and partnership in sharing with each other. Both a relationship and a partnership in sharing with others. So that there may be no division in the body, but the members that have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. So we have a relationship and we have a partnership. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, in the body, and we have a joint partnership in the job, the, uh, our goal is to glorify God in our life, soul, and mind. Tell other people about Him and how we can help and encourage each other to doing that. So if I have and you don't have, if I can help, then I can share. Now, Paul gets a little more specific in this verse. For this is not for the ease of others and for your affection, affliction, by way of equality, but by way of equality. At this present time, your abundance being in a supply for their need, so that their abundance also may be a supply for your need, that there may be equality. Now, this is really challenging knowing what the parameters are. So this is, I'm throwing this thought in to where your resources are and how to use them to glorify the glory of God and the body, brothers and sisters. How do we apply this practically? Is a challenge. But we can do this corporately when we talk, pray about it, and find out how we are to walk together in this. Not to be pressured by the world, not to have someone outside say how we're supposed to use our resources, but allow God to teach each one of us how he wants us to use the resources he's given to us. How are we supposed to help our brothers and sisters in need? How are we supposed to pray for those that are suffering? If you look at China, some places it's been more difficult. If you look at uh, Syria or places where Christians are suffering, how are we to help when we're in a wealthy place and they're in a poor place? This is a, a lot of questions we have to consider when we're looking at this. Koinonia. True community, sharing a common life. What we have seen and heard, we declare to you, so that you and we together may share a common life. That life which we share with the Father and the Son, and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Sharing together, it's a community relationship we're all part of the body of Christ and we're in a partnership. We are called to the same action. We're called to action. We're partners in 
the goal that God has. So we're supposed to work together in that. We're sharing in that. Then share with communion. It's not just coffee. It's life. Encouraging one another. And sharing with material possessions. So this is just some thoughts of what it means to be a part of a fellowship. Be part of koinonia. To be part of true community. This gets us where we're living. And we can say, it doesn't apply to me. Or we're going to say, okay Lord, teach me of how I'm supposed to use my resources. I think that last one, sharing material possessions, is something that we can struggle with or be a challenge. Because the world's broken. And if we see rich people say, why aren't they helping? People that have, I want to take from them and give it to them. But see, this is not what God's saying. God is never telling us to take from someone else to give to someone else. He's talking to me. And what I have, what can I do to help others? So it's not envy of someone else. It's looking at my heart and seeing where my generosity is. What am I doing with the resources God's given to me? And how can I share that? Also for those that are poor, that are in need. How can they be met, their needs be met by brothers and sisters that have? And so when we go back to that passage in 2 Corinthians where Paul's is encouraging, some people at some point in time, believers are going to be in need. We who have should be able to help them. At some point in time, they'll have and they can help us. That equality thing. You want to talk about equality? That's the kind of equality I want. So I want to encourage each one to think about that. But it starts with being in the community, in the fellowship, in Christ. And we're going to look at that a little bit next week when Christian takes chapter 2, where it talks about this is, oh, we want to have a society that works and functions fantastic, like God had designed it. Well, we're the working place for that, the, the body of Christ. A lot of people have ideas of how the world could be a better place. But we know the only way the world could be a better place is for people to give their lives to Christ and to follow Him with their whole heart. So we're supposed to be an example of how it works. But sharing a common life is not in itself the goal or the power. It's sharing a common life in Christ. Dear Lord, just thank you for these few moments we could look at your word, just teaching us how you have a plan. You have a design. You want us to experience life to the fullest and also to be ones that are compassionate and lift up and, and encourage and, and help one another. Help us to realize that we can only do that when we are first in the right relationship with you. Of where you empower us through your Holy Spirit. 
and you will cleanse us from all our sins. And you'll give us the ability to focus on who you are and also who our fellow family members are. Help us to be salt and light in the world and give us the strength to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, again, those of you who are very